And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sharing Time. It has been a long time since we've done any sharing time, and we are so excited to be back. I am one of your hosts. My name is Sean Rapier, and here with me digitally is... Ken Craig. The one and the only, the talented Ken Craig. And Ken and I are very excited to bring back Sharing Time now, for those of you who just found us, you don't know any other format, but for those who have been listeners for quite a while, you remember what we used to do is we'd get together uh, live and we'd go on Facebook Live and we'd take your comments uh, right there on the spot. We've decided to change the format a little bit because we want to get more people involved. And so we are doing it over Zoom. Uh, some of you may have been listeners in the past. I was the host of a show called Latter-day Lives, where we got to know lots of people, and that was so fun. We kind of want to bring some Latter-day Lives into sharing time. So still the attitude of sharing time, where we're just going to have a really good, fun time talking about Latter-day Saint culture, but with some awesome guests to share their area of expertise. And with this being Christmas... Ken and I talked about it. There's only one guest that we could possibly have, and we are so thrilled to have him here on Zoom with us, Brother Santa John Dye. Santa Claus. <laughs> Wait a minute. Does Santa Claus know about Latter-day Saint culture? I guess so. But, oh, John Dye, we are so thrilled to have you here with us that it's just awesome to have you here. And we're going to tell you all about John Dye. John is a dear friend of ours. And by the way, you could go back Find his episode with his uh, lovely wife, Jenny, when they were on Latter-day Lives, as a matter of fact. But John has a special uh, connection to Christmas that we're going to talk about. And uh, John, why don't you tell us a little bit, just give us a quick background as to who you are, where you're from and that. And then let's talk about why you're here tonight, why you're our Christmas guy. Yeah, no, first of all, thank you. By the way, thank you for resurrecting this. I loved the live format. I would chime in. I would comment. Love to see the live leaderboards of the best and worst of different things. So thank you both for bringing this back. It's fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I live in Provo. I'm originally from Montana, but uh, I think the reason I'm here is not my hearty ho-ho-ho. It's, it's tied to church. It's, it's the Light the World campaign. And I was, uh, I was involved in a much larger team that... Uh, thought through that and helped execute on that. So John, tell us a little bit about what you're actual, like, who do you work for? Because it, it's, you don't technically work for the church. Is that right? Correct. So I'd say uh, one or two steps removed desert management corp, the for-profit arm of the church. So two blocks away from uh, the administration building, close enough to feel it, but far enough to be able to, to have some latitude. Yeah. That's great. And and what is your technical job title? I have no idea what your job title is. Yeah, so I'm actually now with something called Radiant Foundation, which is um, a special, I guess you could say, a division, a nonprofit under DMC. And our, our stated objective from the First Presidency is to improve the lives of young people everywhere across the world. Regardless of faith tradition, we want to help the youth of the world feel, recognize, and seek after God's love. And that God can be whoever they define as God, right? It, it, regardless of uh, Judaism, Muslim, whatever, we're trying to do that. But where, where I got involved with this, though, was specifically with Boncom. So this was back in 2017 when Light the World started. And just some history of the campaign, it's kind of interesting um, every Easter and every Christmas time, we would come up with a different campaign. Um, you know, a savior is born or because of him. And then later it would be because he lives or like the world. And we started understanding we could compound exponentially our efforts if we would recycle the same hashtag and the same theme every year. And so after a savior is born, we came up with like the world and we thought, let's go back to that for year two and year three and year four. And so I think it's compounded over time and it's really become what it is now, I think, largely because everyone expects it, right? The daily active service. Yeah. And th this year it's the, the 50 suggestions, right? They wanted to be less prescriptive. But I think in addition to this service, the, the giving machines, which 
Again, I'd like to say I thought of that. I didn't. A member of the team did that I was uh, working with. But what what an ingenious idea, right? Instead of getting, you give, right? Showing up, seeing that placard fall, and uh, and kids love it, grandparents love it, parents love it. It's just a fun way to really, I think, uh, create an aura of service, uh, you know, for somebody that's next door, or halfway across the world. I love it, John. You know, we the that, that first year that that rolled out, we took our kids up to Salt Lake, and you know, we have eight kids. And on the way, they weren't grumpy or anything, but they're kind of like, "Well, I don't know what we're doing. I've already spent my budget, you know, on my siblings or whatever." And then we got in that line, and you you step up and you look at that machine, and they're like looking at the things they can buy, and it was very emotional for me. I'm watching my own children be like. Well, I think I could, I could, I'm going to have my broker move some things around. You know, I mean, they all of a sudden start finding opportunity. They want to give, they want to get that goat for a family or they want to give these backpacks or they want to cash in that 401k, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my four-year-old didn't have a lot, but she was willing to give all of it. No, but it was, and for me as a father, watching that, watching that spirit of philanthropy on their hearts, I was like, this is amazing. This is, there was such a spirit about it just immediately. So. Well done. I don't know who that is. I I think it was you, and you're just trying to be modest and give credit to someone else on the team for coming up with that idea. Come on, John. Oh, oh my goodness. It says John Dial. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to say that. But from Mr. Flanthry himself, thank you. That's quite the uh, quite the compliment. But but yeah, I I do feel over time, you know, we were we were testing it at the beginning to see if it would work. It it took off right away. And to your point, the early years, I mean the lines would literally be three hours long. Um, we did not expect that. So year two, we had menus, we were passing those out. We had more people, we had a much better system. And now it's, if you go to the university mall in Orem or Salt Lake or any of the 28 locations, you'll see a much better experience. Yeah, it is. There's celebrities that endorse it for their home cities. Like Paul Rudd was, uh, yeah, Paul Rudd for Kansas city. Yep. Yeah. Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Reid also. Andy Reid yes. was jumping in for uh, for Kansas City. I thought that was cool. I, I do need to take a moment to point out the fact that I just realized you work for a nonprofit arm of the for-profit corporation of the nonprofit church <laughs> headed by a prophet. So I think that there's – it's going to take a little bit to digest. And, and you're, actually, you're kind of the same. So, you know. Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah, with your. Can philanthropy. you diagram that sentence for us? I know this <laughs> yeah. is audio only, but we'd love to see that. If, if you go to our Facebook page, there will be full diagrams of how John and Ken uh, make their money. So, um, no, it's it's really awesome, and I was very fortunate because uh, I was the least influential influencer out there. But you were kind enough to invite me as an influencer with a podcast uh, to go to it, and I remember going up to the the giving machines my first time, and. It was a combination of like overwhelming, like almost crying because you could feel like it was so specific, you know, when we were buying school supplies or when we were buying, you know, food or whatever. It was so specific to an area. It wasn't this general thing. And then we had set a budget for how much we were going to spend. And all of a sudden we were double and then almost triple. And then I realized wait a minute, I'm having fun. This is way too fun. It felt like a video game or something. Like I want to do more and seeing it actually fall down. And it was, it was really brilliant. We, we call, we call this Mormon gambling. Right? You just go in there and you just. Cause everybody wins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, was, Get it, it was awesome. So uh, you had some pretty amazing experiences uh, around doing all those things. How did, how did all this change your, uh, your view of Christmas? Yeah, for me, I think um, specifically is I, I kind of see light the world and and giving machines together. But light the world, it's those micro acts of service, right? That really compound into something big. And so I think b- having everyone focus, for example, when we did the twenty five days of service, focus on the little things, right? It's what you do for someone in your family or someone locally. It doesn't have to be this big magnanimous act that, you know, literally you're, you're, you're changing lives halfway across the world. That's wonderful too. Don't get me wrong, but our area of impact can be quite local, hyper local. And so that's good. Also, I just think, um, 
everybody's different at Christmas, right? We know that. But I think this just really amped that up to the next level. And, um, you know, we get individual stories back of individuals who receive all the donations. That's one thing the church has really started to do is show the full chain from A to Z, those who give all the way to those who receive on the other end and uh, look for that toward the end of the season, right? In January or February, they just do some wonderful things where they show goats being delivered or ducks being delivered or other things. And it's just incredible. Yeah. I remember, um, a few years back when light the world kind of became, you know, a big, big mega thing. And we had gone to New York city for, we, we spent new year's Eve. We actually went and saw the ball drop. We did the whole thing with two of our sons and me and my wife. And we walked out into times square. It was the coldest, uh, Christmas season they had had in like 60 years or something like that. And we were just, mm. Frozen. We were completely bundled, but we walked out and there was a massive, right in Times Square, a massive light the world sign. And uh, my hands were so cold, even in gloves, but I took one off and said, all right, we have to take a selfie to send to John Die." <laughs> oh, that's great. I remember getting that. I texted you uh, a selfie of us and said, here we are. And then we ran back to our hotel. To get a little bit warmer. So that is just cool, John. What a neat service. Do you know? Yeah, please. Let me give you one other quick. uh, You mentioned Times Square. Um, The Brethren, um, when we brought that idea to them, our our thought was, where, where else can you be other than Times Square, right? Around New Year's Eve that will create such a big um, experience and, and show, show people what we stand for. And so being in Times Square was very important. I think, though, the biggest thing, again, uh, New Year's Rock and Eve and some of those other things, you know, Ryan Seacrest was there and, and we would see light the world over his left shoulder. And That's amazing. just literally the number of views just from that experience, you know, made the buy worth it. So it was good. That's awesome. Do you want to share anything else about some of the things the church does to promote Christmas and the gospel and the message and everything. What are some of the other things we may not know about? Well, I, well, some of the things I think we all know about though, are, are the, the Mormon tabernacle choir, right? The tabernacle choir at Temple sure. square with all they do with PBS. Um, th- those are things that are, are very well known and, and great things that happen there. So, you know, the lights, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, um, a lot of the visitor centers and, you know, Washington, D.C., it's huge. Mesa, Arizona, it's huge. Here in Salt Lake, before they started to, to take everything down, that was big. So, you know, I think I think all of those things we're known for, right? And this might be, again, hyper-local for those of us that live here, but I think those are all strong tradition creators for, for people. It's just Awesome. Awesome. So we reached out, and this is our new format, is we're going to be reaching out on social media, and I'll put in a plug that if you are not following us on Facebook is kind of the easiest way to get comments, but on Facebook and Instagram, please go follow the Sharing Time podcast so you can participate. We'll have questions for our next episode up uh, just here in the next couple of days. But uh, we reached out to some of our uh, listeners and Ken and I reached out to some friends as well. First of all, y'all have a lot of opinions. I mean, that's for (laughs) sure. But uh, the one we want to get into first, mainly because of Ken. Ken, why don't you you tell us a little bit about uh, what you posted and the responses? Well, so I just think Christmas is a great time for division. And... um, (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, in preparation for getting together with family, um, we brought up I, we brought up the some hot topics like um, favorite and worst you know best and worst Christmas songs for the season, and which is funny because one person's list of best is going to be somebody else's list of worst, uh, um, and so yeah, there it, it took off. We got a lot of a uh, lot of opinions about. Songs people do not want to hear during the Christmas uh, season. <laughs> tell, tell us what you posted, uh, what song you posted to kick this thing off. So to, so to kick this off, I posted a, um, it's a version 
it's an opera version of Wham's Last Christmas. Uh, the fact that there are any other versions, like I don't think anyone asked for another version of Last Christmas after <laughs> after George Michael's, you know, I, was it 1986, maybe 1985, yeah. something like that. I remember I was a teenager when that came out and I thought, well, that's um, okay. And um, and well, but I hear stop, up- stop disrespecting Andrew Ridgely, please. <laughs> the fact that you want to, everybody loves. No, Andrew has asked to be distanced from this song. Do not forget. Maybe yeah, maybe Ridgely doesn't want this on. Yeah, the please don't. Please don't. Resume. No, but um, you know, and but actually, there are people who love that song, right? And so, but six um, of them. but for me, yeah, I hope they're listening. And uh, so, I found this opera version last year or two years ago and it is like it's like christmas in vienna and it's these four opera singers and for some reason they do a version of last christmas and it is we're gonna enjoy (laughs) just a quick split second of it here in just a second if i can pull it up it's taking a moment to pull it here we go let's let's get to the middle of it let's see george No, that's not it. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The soprano takes it, right? Yeah. Yeah, That was... My my girls, my little girls will walk around the house doing the arpeggio. Oh! (laughs) Just to delight uh, me. That is now up there with the Trollolo guy on uh, YouTube, (laughs) if you've ever watched him. He's... Phenomenal. All right. First off, before we we go too deep into your responses, Ken, you are not a fan of uh, Last Christmas. Oh, it's fine. Actually, I do not. It is not one of those that is that is offensive to me, probably because of the nostalgia purpose of the age I was when it came out. Like, I don't it does not turn my heart to the baby Jesus. But (laughs) as far as one of the you know secular songs of the season, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, I do not skip it. John Dye, where are you with all this? You know, they say the very next day you gave it away. Well, Jenny, my wife, has changed that. The very next day was John Dye's birthday because it is my birthday. It is your birthday. I kind of like it. I kind (laughs) of like it. It's been customized for you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, But but yeah, I I don't mind that. But that is a hot topic. It's a lightning rod. Um, When you ask that question, you're either all in or it's like, Get George Michael away from me. Yeah. Those are the two reactions. So before we get into all of the answers you got, which are many, uh, (laughs) and it was spirited, you lost seven friends over this. (laughs) But in good news, you made five new ones. So uh, I'm not not sure this is the barometer I want to use for friendships. (laughs) (laughs) What are your songs that you just cannot stand are there christmas songs that are just nails on a chalkboard for you so i have to tell you that when the christmas season starts and i am one of those that is all in on every level for christmas i love the music and the movies and the seeing the friends and of course all of the religious aspects are dear to my heart and so i'm so i'm all over i love it and so at the beginning of the season you know i've got the radio on whatever song comes on I'm pretty content with it, no matter how silly or whatever. As the season goes on and I've heard the song, (laughs) I'm less likely to. But there are some that I just immediately, when I hear it, I'm like, well, we're not. Nope. Um, And so I do have a couple. Um, One of them is, uh, (laughs) well, this is controversial. Uh, John Lennon's Happy Christmas War is over because of the first two lines. So this, I, I don't mind the call for peace, right? And and let's not and 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 war and let's end war. I'm all for it. But when he says, "So this is Christmas, and what have you done?" I'm like, I am not accountable to you for anything I've done. <laughs> like I'm gonna freaking share with you what I've done, so that you can judge me from your New York apartment. <laughs> so I want to say I've, I've kept I kept my band together, John. What have you done? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got to interject one thing here because Jenny, uh, one of her the hymns that kind of grates on her. Maybe we shouldn't go here, but it's <laughs> "Have I done any good in the world today?" It's kind of that same thing. It's like that's a rhetorical question, but yes, I have some, done something right. And what have you done, Ken Craig? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Of war, right? <laughs> well, and also the chorus: "War is over if you want it." That's not. Hey, Ukraine. 
war is over if you want it. Yeah, Ukraine. It's not Maybe over. You, you must not it want it bad enough. Yeah, it's just a little condescending. To... <laughs> that said, I appreciate the call for peace and, and all that. But yeah, when I hear that one, I'm like, no. And uh, and the Mary, did you know? She knew. The angel told her. <laughs> I Every time it comes on, I just go, have you read any scripture? Yeah. <laughs> Mary, exactly. did you know? Yeah. Mary, yeah, knew. You know. did you know? Yeah. Shepherds, do you know there are angels? Yeah, they know. One one appeared to them. Yes. <laughs> it's that kind of like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. Uh Chris, I, I don't listen to Christmas shoes. Um, and that was a that was a big one brought up <laughs> when I asked people. It just feels slightly manipulative, you know, like yeah. it's um I, I'm not a fan of the manipulative Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I, Simply having a manipulative Christmas time. Yeah. Well, and since you mentioned it, I was going to wait on mine and go to John, but I have to tell you that simply having uh, a wonderful Christmas time. The other Beatle? I either, yes, Mr. McCartney, I either need to, if I am driving down the road and that comes on, I either need to turn it off or crash my car. Those are the only two options. One way or another, I'm going to stop listening to it. I will take any other song. It is the worst, worst song. The only thing worse is when one of today's artists tries to do another cover of it. <laughs> Look, it was bad enough. You know, you don't have to reenact something that was already such a tragedy. You yeah. know, there's, there's at least it's only eight minutes long. Yeah, it's <laughs> and there are so many words to it. Simply. It's almost like they were in the studio going, well, look, it's a minute and a half long. We really want a six minute long. What else could you sing? I got it. <laughs> having a wonderful Christmas. It's the worst. John, what's your worst of list? You know what? I'm not a big Mariah Carey fan. She She's a lightning rod for me. And yeah. Uh, yeah. so that, that one's tough for me. I will say, though, the best comedic piece that I've seen, I think, around Christmas is the alto part. I don't know if you guys have seen this video, but no. look it up on YouTube. All I want for Christmas is you, the alto part. <laughs> and it, it literally has three notes. And this girl is just singing it the whole way through. Anyway, that is a good one, though. That's that's gold. <laughs> what what else? Dry? Are there other just specific songs you don't like? Um. I'm sure I get, well, I think can hit, you know, the Christmas shoes. Um, I think, I think the majority have been hit. I will say there's a few, I was actually doing a little research for this. So Rolling Stone, are you guys familiar with new kids on the block? Funky, funky, funky Christmas. Christmas. I looked that up. Just, I had to do some research on some of these and that was one of them. And I was like, wow. That's powerful. (laughs) I did not listen to it. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I listened. Okay. That, and that belongs on the list, I'm guessing, right? <laughs> yeah, it was horrific. It sounds like maybe they were improving it, and it wasn't a good improv. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the question. Why is Funky Funky Christmas so horrible it should be wiped off the planet, and yet Run DMC's Christmas Time and Hollis Queens is one of the great Christmas anthems of all time. Because, Sean, it was December 24th and Santa came to the door. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love Christmas in Hollis. Yeah. That's one I enjoy. Where do you guys fall on uh, wrapping Christmas? Well, Christmas wrapping, is that what it is by the waitresses? I think it's called Christmas wrapping. It's the waitresses where it's... uh, and da, 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 da. Yeah, she, she just wrapped it. Christmas came too late this year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love it. I love I it. I like this version where you're singing it. You like, should I cover it? <laughs> you should. Go from that into Mary, did you know? <laughs> funky, funky Christmas. <laughs> All right. I've got the most unpopular Christmas opinion. Oh. I hate acapella bands doing Christmas songs. <laughs> <laughs> Pentatonics, worst yeah. part of Christmas. It is so overly blown, overly dramatic. And I feel bad because Ken and I met each other doing uh, improv comedy. And we used to do, we used to perform with acapella groups quite a bit. I love an acapella group. 
Give me them doing the Rocky theme all day long. Or, you know, anything by Journey, great. But there's something about the the Christmas from Pentatonic specifically, especially if you watch the video with it, you know, and they're they're so serious. But then you you know, I don't need the, you know, the away. Away, away, terrible. Stop it and just sing a song, please. Your your opinion is not. You're not picking a fight with me. I'm with you on that. John, you a big fan of acapella Christmas music? You know, actually, Jenny and I saw Pentatonics. BYU TV did special, and they were quite good. I was oh. I was amazed at how how good they were. Vocal point as as well. I think. You know, if you come at it from the right angle, it's it's actually quite I good. So I'll push back a little bit. On you're talking about specific for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, think, the only pentatonics one I've heard, I think, is "Mary, Did You Know," which I, I've said my opinion about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now everybody's going to call me the uh, the Grinch. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you the absolute worst one is Dan Fogelberg's. Same old Lang Syne. You've, have you heard this one? No. Met my old lover in the grocery store. The snow what? was falling Christmas Eve. You've never heard this song? No. Oh, wait. No. I have heard. You, you and I talked about this in a past episode. It is Almost not. It's not a Christmas song. It's barely a song. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm going to get hate mail on this because Dan Fogelberg, I mean, beautiful voice. And he's in. And very talented, you know, musician. But this song, it drives me absolutely bonkers. He bumps into an old flame in a grocery store on Christmas Eve. And and then he's like, the conversation started to drag. I'm like, that's fine. You haven't seen each other in years. It's fine to say, hey, it was great seeing you. Are you on Facebook? Whatever. But they end up going to a bar. Bars are closed, so they go to a liquor store and buy a six pack <laughs> and then go sit in his car and drink it while she tells him about she's in this unhappy marriage. And I'm like, this <laughs> I don't there's no one to root for in this song. <laughs> just and it is it is terrible. It's just a terrible song. So oh, I remember. I, I remember when the tabernacle choir covered that one. <laughs> I totally forgot. Uh I, it was, was a cappella. So it was falling Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that song, you I mean, yeah, the, you look up those lyrics and it's just woof. I, I do need to point out that I love a cappella music generally. And in fact, uh gosh, what what was that? Because Bob Ollander started a cappella music at yes. Well, so what was Bob? He is a mutual friend of all three of ours. Called? What was what his was, what, what was his tempo? Extempo, Extempo. thank you. I'm getting so old. I I do just for all the people who hate me now. For <laughs> I used to open for Extempo doing stand up comedy and MC for them quite often. Love them so much that if you ever get their CD, and by the way, kids, CD is a <laughs> ask your parents. Yeah, ask your parents about it. It's 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 neat. But uh, when but uh, the Extempo greatest hits. I'm even in the special thanks, too, because I worked with them so much. And at the beginning, they have a montage of announcers, you know, ladies and gentlemen, and coming to you from Utah, whatever. The last voice that says, please welcome to the stage extempo is actually me. So I really do love acapella. That's great. I'm I'm just fighting off all the the hate mail. I was going to say, you dug that hole pretty deep, right? (laughs) I've got myself out of it. I promise. Extempo will vouch for me, Bob and all those guys. One last one. one. Santa Baby. Santa Baby is terrible, terrible, terrible. Santa Baby. Why is it that no one can sing Santa Baby with a regular voice? Why is it that everybody turns into just feel awkward. Marilyn Monroe meets? <laughs> it's always just like, okay, we're gonna do it. Are you ready to record Santa Baby? Yeah, that'll be that'll be fantastic. Santa Baby. <laughs> it's all Have, in the family. Yeah. <laughs> Inhale a little helium, right? Inhale a little helium. Yeah. Well, you you brought that up, and I've got to add one more. Sorry, which is you know. Um, 
baby, it's cold outside, right? Hey, don't, don't leave, or I'm not going to leave, or, you know. Yeah. So I tried to defend it as just being a sweet song, and it came on in the car. We were in uh, Orange County, California yesterday. We flew back last night. We were driving back from the airport, and it came on, and I said, you know, this song is unfairly maligned. It's just a cute, you know, witty repartee back and forth of two people who really do want to be together. Then I realized at no point is she giving in at all. One line that she says, one line of the song is, I said no and no means no. (laughs) And then he still says, yeah, but it's not really. But then I finally had to give up when she says, what's What's in in this drink? drink? (laughs) When she finally says, wait a minute, what's in this drink? And I had never heard that line specifically. (laughs) And Vanessa, my wife, just looks at me and she goes, I go, yeah, I know. No, you're right. It's, <laughs> this is not a this is not an okay song. It's not good. Maybe it was just like a little lemon that he'd yeah, put in. What, what's, in this, what's in this drink? <laughs> Ginger ale and sherbet. And it's delicious. <laughs> uh, conversely, going to favorite two or three. What are what are your favorite two or three that you just it is christmas because of this song or that? Do you have a a couple of those Ken? I do. I mean, I of course I love kind of the most maybe in the most beloved Silent Night. I love. Yeah. Um Nat King Cole does a version of A Cradle in Bethlehem mm. and I've never heard anyone else sing it. And maybe it's because I don't hear it overplayed. And and I love his voice, but that one is uh, that that gets me every time. A cradle in Bethlehem, and uh, I don't know that song. Yeah, it's on it's on his Christmas album. It's the last mm. song on there. So I'd look that one up, and uh, and I just heard a new one this year called um, Oh Shoot, Angels Are Making Their Rounds. Have you ever heard that one? No, I haven't heard that. That's kind of all the angelic appearances during that are announcing Christ's birth, and then and it's kind of a sweet. And again, I think it's because I haven't over overheard it but um i yeah, thought I it was really pretty yeah silent night i love uh hark the hark the herald angels sing i love um and as far as any of the like more pop or or uh radio play um uh i like uh, james taylor's version of uh have yourself a merry little christmas yeah that's a good one yeah. i like that and i like uh um cold plays cold play has a song um christmas lights i like that yeah. one yeah. I John, do you have do you have some favorites like uh either either just generally favorite songs or favorite by a specific artist or anything? You know, Silent Night, I like the old traditional ones. Yep. Um, yeah, that that is where my heart goes, right? Anything that's Christ-centric and obviously I love secular ones as well, but anything that proclaims the birth and and mission of the savior is is a favorite for sure. Yeah, I I am specifically um hands down my favorite is uh Little Drummer Boy Peace on Earth by uh, Bowie and uh Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby. There's something about Bowie and Bing Crosby and them, you know, Bowie was so avant-garde and Bing Crosby was so traditional. But then when those voices melt and the way that that is composed is amazing. Um outside of that Anytime I hear Little Drummer Boy, I cry. Hmm. There's something about then he looked at me. Oh, that, yeah. that line, then he looked at me. And this kid is just saying, I, I don't have anything good. I think we all feel that way sometimes. I have nothing to offer. So I'm just going to play my drum. Then he smiled at me, is the line. Not looked at me. Then he smiled at me. Then he smiled at me. The Savior smiled at me. Just forget it. I cry. Um, not so much secular, but other songs that I love. Um, I love, I know this one's controversial, but, uh, do they know it's Christmas? I think because I'm a product of the eighties, you know, we're all pretty close in age. There's something about that, you know, that we can all remember, you know, live aid, band aid, all those, you know, mermaid, like I'll I'll tell you what I like, what I like about that, Sean, because I know some people are like, some of those lyrics are problematic or whatever. But I always think of this guy who saw a need and was like, I'm going to do something about this and, and yeah. brought all these artists together. And like, what a good heart to say, I, I want to do something here. So, um, so yeah, I always think about that when I hear it, like whatever the, <laughs> um, 
whatever people's gripes are with it, I get it. But like you, I, I see this good in it and good that came from it. And I always feel like one person decided I'm going to do something and, and pulled it all together. And I, I like that. The roster on Do They Know It's Christmas, you know, We Are the World. Uh, it's kind of like the 92, you know, basketball <laughs> team. Yeah. Yeah. That had just, just you go down that name and, and you're like, oh, my gosh, each one of these are just icons. Yeah. I, I'll tell you something that ties me back to John Dye. Uh, do you know who wrote the song? Do they know it's Christmas and who, who wrote and produced it and did, came up with Bob it? Geldof. Yeah, right. Bob Geldof. Yeah. Bob Geldof and. Yes, it was. Um, oh, my gosh. My Midge. I, yes, Midge, who we saw off of 21st yeah. South. Right? Yeah, yeah, John and I went and saw. So Midge Year. Midge Year is the one who doesn't get as well known and he doesn't promote himself. But he was Bob Geldof's partner in all of those ventures. He was the lead singer of a band from the 80s called Ultravox. Oh, yeah. Vienna. He's one of my top, I've, I've probably seen him live seven or eight times, and I dragged John with me to one of them. He has a phenomenal voice and is just a giver. He's just an amazing human being. And uh, he's, yeah, he's just awesome. Awesome. So Geldof was kind of the face of it. But actually, if you look at the credits, it was written by Geldof and Majur. So. Hmm. Fun stuff. And then the other one I'm going to throw out there that uh, I don't know why I love it, but the Ramones do a song called Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight. And, um, it's just to me, it's kind of fun because I think every married couple has had at least one Christmas where it was like, Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight. The stress is through the roof. Let's just let there be peace. And, yeah. and somehow having <laughs> Joey Ramon sing it is great. Yeah. My gift to you, your gift to me, right? Yeah. No fighting. <laughs> yeah. Let's not speak to each other. So, all right. Let's, let's go through. We've gone through our own thoughts. Ken or John, uh, do you want to attack some highlights from what our listeners did? And if you think they'd feel comfortable, we can even share some names. And I've got some that they know we're sharing names that are in here. From our group, from sharing time. I've got, so uh, years ago, my first job out of college, I worked at um, an ad agency and I was in a work office. That we, I shared space with these two people that became friends, um, Trevor and, and uh, Britta. And Britta had a CD that she brought in of Christmas music and it had Dominic the Donkey on it. Dominic and the, CD, the Donkey? Yeah, have you heard this song? The Italian... Oh. The Italian donkey, the Italian Christmas donkey, the CD would play over and over all day. And this song was on it. So to this day, in fact, last year, my buddy Trevor sent me a Christmas ornament that has a QR code on it. And when you scan it, it plays Dominic the donkey and it's on my tree. And I got a lot of people that hate that song. And it's not a good song. But um, but for me, it's it's hilarious because of that that memory. So that's my, my friends, Trevor Hayes and Britta Erickson. <laughs> that is fantastic. And, uh, yeah. The donkey. We had uh, Andrea, one of our listeners, Andrea uh, said that her favorite is God rest ye merry gentlemen or little drummer boy. I like them because they're not overplayed. The message in both is great. I like little drummer boy is played the perfect amount to me. You don't overhear it, but it's a solid one. Least favorite. Santa baby sounds too creepy. She says, which so, <laughs> seems to be popular. And then Angie said that her favorite is white Christmas by Bing Crosby, because who doesn't love it? Can you, can you dislike white Christmas by Bing Crosby? No, no that's a classic. Yeah. And if you do, you are a communist. <laughs> uh, she says least favorite. All I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey. It's so overplayed. Yeah, that is overplayed. Yeah. That is definitely you had some strong feelings. I see your friend Sharon said, no Mariah Carey with an exclamation. <laughs> well, and the other half of uh, Vocal Point weighed in, I think, on Ken's, right? Dominic the Donkey, that Dave yeah. Boyce is not a fan of that. Yeah, Dave Boyce was not a fan, and Paul uh, Baltus is. Or no, Dave is a fan. Paul Baltus is not. And he's like, and I'm Italian, so I feel like he... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love both of those guys. And actually, yeah. speaking of those guys, uh, I love that Bob Allender 
didn't just name the Christmas shoes. He said, if your list doesn't at least include the Christmas shoes, then we can no longer be friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul Baltus jumped in. These are all, by the way, these are all acapella guys. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Paul uh, to Bob, yes, please. I 206,785 this. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. Seems like uh, maybe it's cold outside and Santa baby. Yeah. A lot of people. Oh, and also the uh, I saw mommy kissing Santa. Like I get, I get the wink. If you're in on the joke, if you're not, that sounds a little troubling. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, what kids gonna be like. Well, I can't blame you, mom. He is. I mean, he's Santa. <laughs> if you don't get it, then you play that, and then right afterward, you play "Merry Christmas." I don't want to fight tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this one. This how has this not been mentioned yet? Because this is a horrible, horrible <laughs> Christmas song. Is I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> That's a turn it off right away, right? Yeah. Well, the original yes. If you look up Lake Lake Street Dive, they're kind of this folk funk band, and they do a version of it that is you can listen to it. <laughs> Okay. I'm saying you'll make it all the way through it, but yes, the original one is 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 a hate crime. You won't like it, but your your ears won't bleed. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. You do have so waitresses Christmas wrapping got no love. Yeah, no. And then uh, also uh, simply having a wonderful Christmas time is uh, is not good. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, everyone's uh, everyone had. But why does that song get played so much, John? What do you think? Why does why does simply having a wonderful Christmas time get played so much? Oh, I I don't know. I I think probably just who came up with it, right? I think you can't slap his name on anything and not have it played a lot, right? <laughs> maybe that's it. I don't know. This maybe it's cheap. Great. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe there's no royalty <laughs> on it. Um, yeah. This, <laughs> This is a good one from a, a dear friend of ours that I just love. So not this, uh, Melissa, who I don't know, but said, uh, uh, I do not like a Charlie Brown Christmas or any of its music. I've never understood why people do. And then our dear friend Garrett Batty put, Melissa, why do you hate Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that true? How can you hate that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I defended it to her. I said, I'm not trying to change your mind, but here's why I love it. So. You should have said, I am trying. Yeah, a lot of people came in. Wow, a lot of people jumped in. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa finally backed off. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. These were all, all these are former Garens, too, that were, Melissa was a former Garen. She oh, was after okay. our time. But yeah, uh, that's a. Uh, and for, for, for those of you who don't know what a Garen is, that was the comedy troupe that uh, we were in before. So yeah. I was not in with her. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there were. Th- some strong opinions. By the way, we would still love to hear after you've listened to this episode. If you missed out, come join our social media. Tell us what songs we missed. The Cat Carol. Oh, did you listen? I had never heard it, and I listened to it, and it is. Have you heard it, John? No, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. So this cat is, this cat is out in the middle. Night, we both need a friend. Don't you? Stay by my side. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This out this outdoor cat, this outside cat, right? Is it's freezing cold on Christmas uh, Eve and it's crying and the family doesn't hear it, doesn't let it in. And so it's out on this porch just freezing, and this little mouse comes up, sees the cat, and is like, Oh no, it's a cat. And the cat's like, Hey, little friend, it's Christmas Eve. Because of course cats know when it's Christmas yeah. Eve. <laughs> and tonight we just need to be friends. It's so cold. So the cat snuggles this little mouse up. Hours later, Santa arrives. The cat is dead. No. No. So Santa picks up the cat and the mouse comes out and is like, Santa, you're here to save us. And Santa's like, I'm sorry, little friend. The cat is dead. (laughs) Then Santa carries the cat up into the sky and it becomes a constellation that looks down on the mouse. Oh, no. (laughs) And the name of the constellation is Christmas Shoes. (laughs) <laughs> oh that is the worst thing i've ever i could not believe it like how how terrorizing for ch- and it's it played was- like this very folksy right like kind of kind of simon and garfunkel like uh 
with just enough heavy handedness that you're kind of rolling your eyes at the same time. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> oh my gosh. The comments, by the way, are classic. I remember being a child. This is on YouTube. I remember being a child, getting a CD from my parents. This song was there. It still remains in my heart. Yeah. It represents <laughs> love shown in the most difficult of situations. Oh no. How do people like this? That is, the... I'll tell you, I, for years, I would say that the most traumatic thing you could do for your children is show them the movie Watership Down. Oh, this is now the worst. Because there is a video, there's an animated video of the, the cat cuddling the mouse. And by the way, kids, I don't know if you know how things actually work. That's not happening. No, no. Not I have an outdoor cat. That mouse would have been, especially on a cold night. Boy, people love this. Yeah. Well, on the YouTube comments, yes. In YouTube, it never fails to make me cry. Oh, my heart is now so warm, beautiful, but so sad. I'm bawling my eyes out. <laughs> beautiful tearjerker. I just can't. Where is, where is the person? Oh, <laughs> I like, here's a person with no soul. I did not cry, but it was an amazing song. <laughs> I just I've got nowhere to go, so I'm just going to type things on the internet. <laughs> wow, that there's is... a whole set. There's a whole subcategory also of Christmas songs that are not Christmas songs. Like these are a few of my favorite things. Oh yeah, I love Julie Andrews and I love Sound of Music, and that is not a Christmas song. Why did that become a Christmas song? I don't think it's. I think it's been in the last maybe ten years. Like before that, you never heard it. Yeah, Pete. I don't know. My fave thing should never be played as a Christmas song. Yeah. There are a few of these. And also like Leonard Cohen's uh, Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, not a Christmas song. Again, beautiful song, heart-wrenching, not a Christmas song. And somehow that's someone on the marketing team got involved in really. <laughs> so mild, mildly off topic of Christmas, but can we pass a law that says no one is ever to allowed to record hallelujah again with their own lyrics that happen to apply to whatever. Situation yes. They're in yes. <laughs> yeah. So tired. Of My liberties. Every, yeah. once, every once in a while. I mean, it's, it feels like every week there's a new version of hallelujah with. So Customized, I, like, yeah. <laughs> I like to apply it to whatever my situation was like, well, you know, Vanessa will say, what, what are we doing for dinner tonight? I heard there was a fridge in the kitchen. It held some meat. It held some potatoes. I didn't feel like cooking. We're going to Taco Bell. You know, just whatever. Make up whatever you want. It's a fast food hallelujah. (laughs) It's a taco hallelujah. It drives me nuts. All right. Yeah, those are... Yeah, there's some good comments on here. We, We can definitely share some more. And, and folks, we want you to be involved in this. So please come join our Facebook group or follow us on Instagram and chime in when we bring up categories so that we can have you be uh, on the show. But I think we've covered Christmas music pretty well. <laughs> we had some other topics that we were going to cover, but my gosh, we got <laughs> deep in the weeds on the Christmas music. If you want to see our other categories, um, you're welcome to go over to our Facebook page. We did ask some people what your best... Uh, Christmas presents are, I do need to call out uh, my friend Joe, whose mom thought it was funny every year to give him a canned ham. And then it turned out he just got excited about it because they were going to have ham that day. So (laughs) I don't know why. I really love that. Uh, And then my friend Blake, another music one. I thought this was sweet. He says that he loves listening to Oak Ridge Boys Christmas on eight track at my mom's house. Why? I have no idea, but it isn't Christmas until I pop it in the old Fisher stereo. But the reason I wanted to bring that one up is because I think that that is why we identify and don't identify with Christmas. I think there are people who love Mariah Carey because they were born at a time where as a little kid, that was Christmas for me. Like if I don't watch a Rankin and Bass, if I don't watch, you know, either Frosty the Snowman or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I like it's not Christmas. I have to watch The Grinch. When when The Grinch comes on, when the song You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch comes on, you know, that takes me back to that time. I'm sure there's somebody, 
There's somebody who's probably now a 47-year-old girl who every time Funky Christmas comes on, she just melts. <laughs> because when she was 11 and, uh, you know, the new kids started playing that, that yeah. was her life, right? It's, it's music. It's totally subjective, right? I mean, it's except Santa Baby. <laughs> well, and, and Ken, that's exactly why you got 140 or whatever it was comments, right? Yeah. You have, I mean, the spectrum. People yeah, love yeah. or hate everything, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> but so much of it is when you are a kid, when you hear it, what it means yeah. to you at the time that you hear it. That's, I think, why it's so special and why it means so much. I also think it's the power of Christmas. I, you know, it's that time of year that, just everything's different. Everything's better. Everything changes. Uh, maybe we'll wrap things up with this question because I'd love to get your thoughts on this. And that is, when do you start listening to Christmas music? Do you judge people who start earlier than you do? And what is the last day it is socially acceptable to listen to Christmas music? <laughs> John, you got some thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, for me, it kind of every year it changes a little bit, but for sure after Thanksgiving. But I remember five or six years ago, I started early October. I just felt it that year, and um, and uh, yeah. So for me, I don't know that there is a hard start date. If you think about it, especially if you like the genre, you only have twenty-five to thirty days out of the whole year to listen to it, right? And so. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of saying, you know, when your heart needs to be put in the right spot, if that does it, listen to it because it's great. That is beautiful. What is, what's your, what's your cutoff? Do you go through new year? Are you um, done? I, yeah. When it's my birthday, I'm done. There you go. <laughs> then it's all about happy birthday, John Dye. Yeah. 1159 on Christmas day. Love it. Ken, how about you? I yeah I'm one of I one of those that waits till after Thanksgiving as well kind of like the day after Thanksgiving is when we haul out all the Christmas stuff and put it up and we have a special family mix that we made years ago and we listen to that while we decorate so I am a day after Thanksgiving that said like John said I'm not I, I don't I'm not critical of anybody who's listening to it early years ago uh, Katie Katie had a cousin that unexpectedly she passed away. Um, at the end of October and we went to her funeral. It was in Colorado. And at the funeral, her sister got up and talked about how much she loved, how much her sister who had just passed loved Christmas music. So she'd already been listening to it for several weeks and this was in October. And then at the funeral, we sang joy to the world. Wow. And man, I, it was so moving to me. And I thought, yes, sing this whenever you need it, you know? And so I know there are people who start very early and I think, well, that's, you know, Costco's got Christmas up in August, so <laughs> <laughs> we all can. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I wait till after Thanksgiving myself, and then I'm like John. The day after Christmas, I'm like, this stuff is totally irrelevant. What are we listening to? <laughs> put it away. Put it away. Yeah, put it away. We'll get it. By about January fifth, if I see anything Christmas, like what is that still doing? <laughs> Wasn't that six months ago? Where's summer? Isn't it? Yeah, this? That's right. And Ken, finish off telling us uh, about your family tradition and uh, a special musical thing you do. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Our our family does. Uh, they play hand chimes, and this is something that Katie actually grew up. My wife Katie grew up doing in her family, and then um, probably about. I think it was 11 or 12 years ago, we had a friend who had a children's choir and she kind of shut it down and had these hand chimes that she wanted to sell. And Katie was like, we got to get these. And I, I was not familiar with them. I did not know. <laughs> I mean, I saw her play with her siblings and stuff at Christmas, but I'm like, I That's a funny random. We have to buy the hand chimes. Yeah. We have to get the hand chimes. <laughs> we can't pass on hand chimes. Yeah. And they're not, they're, they're not cheap. They're not inexpensive, but they're also not, totally exorbitant so we were like okay um that'll be christmas this year we'll get these hand chimes so we started playing our kids were young at the time and and uh, we still have young kids but at the time everybody was young and we started playing them just at home and then i think we played at a ward christmas party and in sacrament meeting and then um about seven years ago we went and played at um at scenic view which is uh it's a school for um here in, in provo 
for uh, some children with special needs. And so we were invited to come play there and we did. And, and Katie loved all our kids coming together and playing this together. So then after that, we just started playing every Christmas and we play in our living room and we have neighbors come over and, uh, and some friends from, you know, a little further out who we want to visit with or who we feel like, Hey, they, maybe they need to be a little Christmas cheer. And so we'll do a, a Sunday and Monday uh, this year. We just did Sunday because we have married kids now. And it's harder to get everybody together. So we're like, all right, we'll do it on Sunday. And we do these little 25 minute concerts on the hour, like four or five of them. And, uh, and we'll play uh, four or five songs on these hand chimes, which if you're, if you're not sure what they look like, they're, they're, they're not like the bells that you see people play. Those are um, a little bit different. These are like, almost like uh, <laughs> the size of batons that you would see like Olympians run with like, and the, I'm, I'm holding them up as if everybody can see them, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we play, uh, we'll play a couple of, uh, songs and for, for Katie, for my wife, it is Christmas because we'll do about yes, 10 so practices. Awesome. The kids come over, we all learn, we all collaborate. And there's a very much a, this spirit of it for me, I'll tell you, I'm the least musically talented in my family. And so for me, the symbolism is not lost that I come and I give my meager offering. And I get to, I'm at the same level as everybody else. I am invited That's to awesome. be where, where that is. And so we love it. Um, we've posted it a few years um, on Facebook and shared it. And I'm happy to share a link. I'll, I'll post a link on sharing time. Uh, that would be awesome. It. But it is, it's wonderful. There's a great, we, we love doing it. We love that people will actually come and listen and, and, uh, because you can't go caroling with them. There's just the, the cold and the caring of them is not going to work. So we love that people will come over and let us play. Well, now that you can stream it and share it with the world. Yeah. It's so cool, Ken. Your family is so beautiful. We did that. The first time we streamed it was during the pandemic because people really couldn't. Yeah. Go, and it was so, it felt so, that was my favorite time that we've done it because it was, it just felt like the outreach of it. Like everybody was looking to gather in some way at that time. So. Anyway, thank you for asking. We love doing it. That's it's Christmas. Beautiful. For us. You do Christmas hand chimes. My family does a New Year's Eve hand jive from Greece, actually, where we're. You know, <laughs> well, you were born to hand jive. I can hand jive. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. I can hand jive. No, our family couldn't even do that. We didn't get smacked if someone would start crying and, yeah, it would end everything. Ken's, Ken's family is just so amazing and. You guys are awesome. Any any uh, final wishes for our audience for Christmas, John? You know, just remember the reason for the season, right? When it all boils down to it, it's one time of the year, at least one time of the year, that we can all focus on what truly matters. And that's what I love is everybody's attitude is different. And so just just take time to breathe it in because we'll need it for 2023. That is yeah. straight up truth. Can any parting shots uh, thoughts for our audience no just kind of building on what john said i love that that it's it's a it's this season of uh of reflection it's a season of uh where we all kind of take a little <laughs> some steps closer to being who we want to be all year and uh and uh, and it's possible because of our savior jesus christ and i love that hope that 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 brings and kind of that reassurance that we can uh that we can change, that we can uh, improve each day. So. Two, of, two of my favorite thoughts are in December, he is born and in April, he is risen. And they're bookends of just that. Those are the two most monumental days in the history of our planet is he is born and he is risen. And the fact that we get to celebrate one of them in a couple of days and you see it, you see the effect of the savior that even in our world, uh, being what it is, people are better to each other. People are loving one another. People are happy. People are giving. And, you know, it's just, it's a wonderful time. 26, we, I, I go back to being mean to everybody, but through the 25th, <laughs> 26, I don't care about anybody anymore. But, yeah. you know, 25th, even on the freeway, I'm a nice guy and I love everyone. So. <laughs> We, uh, well, first of all, John, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You are such a gift to us, you and your wife, Jenny. We just love you guys. And 
So appreciate Great friends tonight. Yeah, you guys are wonderful. Thank you for the invitation. Great to be with you guys. And we're glad to be back. Uh, if you enjoyed tonight, I'll tell you a couple things. And and by the way, we do want to welcome our Latter Day Lives audience. Latter Day Lives is not coming back. Sorry if it uh, startled you when you saw Ghost in the Machine that there was a new episode of Latter Day Lives. It's just this. This is this is the thing going forward. But we're bringing back a lot of our Latter Day Lives friends as well. So we're glad to have you here as well as our longtime sharing time fans this will not be a weekly show but it will be a we'll call it a regular show uh where we plan on having a lot of friends come on and having these discussions if you have a topic that you would like us to cover please let us know what it is if you know someone who'd be a great guest that we could have on that you want to hear about their story and some of their thoughts once again we'd love for you to join us but most importantly if you could uh follow us on social media so you can chime in because it'll all be leading up to the episode, and we'd love to share your thoughts, be a part of the show that way. And uh, what you could do most to help our show grow when people are searching for good content is if you could leave us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. So on behalf of our amazing guest, John Dye, and uh, Ken, thank you. It's so fun for us to be together, uh, even virtually, and it's a much shorter commute back to your family uh, for us <laughs> doing it online rather than you coming over to the house. But uh, on behalf of John and Ken, I'm Sean, and thank you again so much. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. See you next time on the Sharing Time Podcast. Mm-hmm.